I've been thinking a lot about ministry and service this week, so we're going to stay right in our exploration into the heart of service this morning. Uh, this series is really important, and uh, we're actually winding it down. Uh, we, depending on how it goes, we may have somewhere in the vicinity, maybe three to five messages. Uh, we'll see how uh, I can put this together to uh, wind it down. But it's a very important uh, series, and uh, I, I trust that you're getting something out of it. And it's, it's something that we just need to keep refreshing in our minds every once, uh, once in a while. So, you know, um, that's the beauty of the Internet and where we can just keep things in our archives and you can review them as often as you deem it necessary. And again, I think it's something, this is something in the area of service that we need to constantly and every once in a while, especially, um, to reflect on why we're serving and uh, to keep it fresh and to keep our hearts right in our ministry, in our service to the Lord. Today's message I'm entitling, Higher Highs and Lower Lows. So if you've been around ministry and in ministry for any period of time, I think you would agree that there are mountaintops in ministry. But those mountaintops are often accompanied with deep lows, valleys of disappointment and discouragement. And it's often a painful experience that brings us to, to that reality of mountaintops being accompanied by or with uh, deep valleys of disappointment and discouragement. And oftentimes what, what hurts leaders the most are when we encounter people that we're trying to help who fail, and they fail maybe repeatedly. And, and probably the, the worst part of it is, is that these same people have every, every reason to succeed, but yet they fail for some reason. And it's very frustrating and, be, and can become very hurtful if you're not careful. If you look in our Bibles, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, you can see records of, of this. Uh, Abraham had Lot's downfall to contend with. Isaac and Rebekah had Esau's conduct to contend with. Paul shed tears over the conduct and problems caused by people in the Corinthian church. And then even our Lord said to his disciples in uh, Luke 9.41, How long shall I be with you and bear with you? And some translations say put up with you because that word bear um, simply means to put up with. And so, you know, you're not alone. I'm not alone in this. And uh, we have records in the Bible that God put there so that we can get some kind of encouragement out of it. Um, Philip Brooks and, let me see, in the, the book, The Influence of Jesus, he had this to say. 
To be a true minister to men is always to accept new happiness and new distress, both of them forever deepening and entering into closer and more inseparable union with each other, the more profound and spiritual the ministry becomes. The man who gives himself to other men can never be a wholly sad man, but no man but no more can he be a man of unclouded gladness. What I would suggest at this point is that you rewind the audio, uh, pause it, do whatever you have to do, write it down, listen, write it down. Whatever you have to do, I just suggest that you listen to this quotation again and do it slowly. Keep pausing the audio until, until it really sinks in because it's an important statement and you really need it to let it sink in. Um, because what will happen is you are going to encounter your Lots and your Esau's and your Judas's. And when, then, when these things break your heart, when these people that you encounter break your heart, and, and when you start to think about and ponder upon the question, is it worth it all to serve the Lord? Just remember the statement from Phillips Brooks. Ministry means deeper depths of sorrow and higher heights of joy, and they often come together. And we, we don't need to go any farther than Moses. I mean, he, he no sooner, uh, he led these, his people out of Egypt. What did he do? What did he hear? He hear complaining. They were thirsty. Then they were hungry. They did nothing but complain and complain and complain. Uh, the Lord made bitter water sweet. He sent them manna from heaven. He, he brought water out of a rock. But yet, when Moses stayed too long on the mountain, the people became impatient. They asked Aaron to make them a new god. And what was the result? The golden calf, the sensual orgy that accompanied it. And we see that record in Exodus 32. But how did Moses react? He exercised courageous leadership as he dealt with his people's sins. But one thing that we may overlook here is that he also had to deal with his own sense of failure. He had to be disappointed that he did all this. He followed the Lord's commands. He led his people out. He did what the Lord told him. He provided, uh, God provided through Moses for his people. And yet the people still sinned. And you know, put yourself in Moses' in Moses's shoes. I mean, he had to feel a sense of disappointment and a sense of failure. But what did he do about that? This is more important than the actual uh, feeling of failure. How he reacted to it. What did he do? He went right back to his place of duty. He went right back into the presence of God and he... He made intercession for the very people who broke his heart. Can we say the same thing?
Can we say the same thing? So we need to look at the, this record of Moses and how he handled these people. I mean, I don't know that we could get any people worse than he encountered. His people, God's people, who did nothing but complain and complain and complain again. So whenever you f encounter people and you have feelings of, of disappointment and self-failure, just look at this record of Moses. And what did God do? God gave, God gave Moses a couple of options here. He actually said to Moses that he would destroy the Israelites. The, because they were idolatrous. He said he would destroy them. And then he offered to make uh, uh, Moses a whole new nation out of Moses. So that was a, a pretty big, pretty big option he gave to Moses. But what did Moses do? He, Moses, unlike many people today who would use other someone else's failure to, to promote themselves and to promote their own success. Moses didn't do that. He refused to use somebody else's failure to promote his own success. So he rejected those two offers that the Lord had given him. And he asked the Lord to forgive the people and give them another chance. Wow. Can you say that you would do the same thing? You know, can you say that? And you see, Moses' heart was not filled with pride or revenge or vindictiveness. Instead, God saw in Moses' heart, he saw humility and forgiveness. In Exodus 33:18 it says that when Moses was discouraged because of what the people did he entered into the presence with God he communed with God and he prayed please show me your glory Exodus 33:18 And you see all throughout this service what have we been trying to put forth that no matter how much we fail or how much our people fail, the only thing that really matters is giving glory to God. That is the first and foremost priority, giving God glory. God has to get the glory from, from our ministry and our service to him. You see, Israel, in their sin... They gave Moses every opportunity to glorify himself. To glorify himself. But he refused. He refused to do that. Um, and let me see here. There's a record. Oh, Thomas A. Kempis in Of the Imitation of Christ. He said this, but the true glory and holy exaltation is for a man to glory in thee and not in himself, to rejoice in thy name, not in his own virtue, nor to take delight in any creature except it be for 
thy sake. You see, again, um, there are people around you, you may have known of people like this, and hopefully it's not you, that you would use somebody else's failure to promote your own success. People, don't let that be you. Don't let that be you. So what is, what is the point here? The point is, and the, the encouragement here is that the next time that people fail you, and they will, they absolutely will, the next time they do fail you, and the, ne- or the, ne- and the next time you feel that you failed, and that'll happen as well. The next time any of those two things happen, go to God and ask him to show you his glory. And he will do that. You see, again, you can't focus on yourself. You can't focus on the people you serve. You have to focus on God and focus on his glory. And if you do that consistently, before long, you will see things from God's perspective. You will get the perspective that God wants you to have. And you'll be ready then to do what he wants you to do. There's also a record later on after Moses, centuries later, in fact, uh, in 1 Kings 19.4 and in 1 Kings 19.10, um, Well, let me let me say this first, uh, then you can go to that record. Um, Elijah went to the same mountain that Moses went to. He was also a servant of God, and he also was discouraged because the nation of Israel failed him. Elijah, however was ready to hand in his resignation. And that reference I gave before, 1 Kings 19, 4 and 10, he sa- it says, it is, not en- it is enough, he complained to God, now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. I alone am left. Now, that is a starking contrast to what Moses uh did. Moses was heartbroken because his people deserted him and they lapsed into idolatry. Elijah was discouraged because his people didn't really rally to his side when he defeated idolatry. But each one of those men, Moses and Elijah, handled their hurts differently. Moses saw the glory of God And because he saw the glory of God, he found encouragement. And he needed, absolutely needed, to get back and serve his people. Elijah, however, didn't see the glory of God. He saw only himself and what he thought was his failure. And the longer he looked at himself and talked about himself, the more he wanted to quit. And this is what will happen if we don't see the glory on the mountain will never be able to face the discouragements in the valley. Let me read that one again. This is such an important uh, part of it. This is the core of this message today. If we don't see the glory of God on the mountain, 
will never be able to face the discouragements in the valley. So people, don't be Elijah, you have to be Moses. Isn't it interesting that in Matthew 17, 1-8, when we see the uh, Mount of Transfiguration, isn't it interesting that Moses and Elijah are both there? The disappointments that they experienced in life were compensated for after death. Moses finally made it to the promised land and Elijah finally saw the glory of God on the mount. It wasn't the fire from heaven. It was the glory from heaven and a voice from heaven that assured them the Father was well pleased. Both of them saw the glory of Jesus Christ. Both of them saw the thrill of what Jesus Christ was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Luke 9, 31. You see, what Moses and Elijah couldn't accomplish, Jesus Christ would. But what did they do? They helped prepare the way for the victory of Jesus. So remember this. In the economy of God, suffering and glory go hand in hand. And what God has joined together, you and I uh, must not ever put asunder. In the economy of God, suffering and glory go together. God bless. Have a great week.